Without further ado, because my wife will get mad because I'm taking her time away, my beautiful, awesome wife of almost 22 years this December 17th is bringing our first Advent message today on hope. Will y'all welcome her? Come on, Casey. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I appreciate that juice out there. I am so excited to be with you today. Welcome, welcome. And uh, if I have not met you and you're new, like I said, married to uh, lead pastor Chris Pate, I am also the full-time director of City Creative here at City Life Houston. <laughs> Thank you, creatives. Appreciate that. And I love this time of year. I'm that girl, guys. I just am. I'm the November 1st, the decorations come out, girl. I'm that one. And I, by the way, I fully participate in the full spirit of Thanksgiving and my Christmas tree's in the background. What's wrong with that? We can still have Thanksgiving and have our Christmas decorations up early, but yes, I'm that one. I'm the one that loves to play Christmas music all the time. And, and as Chris already said, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I really get into it with the decorating and everything in my house. And yes, I don't really get help, but that's okay. I still love my family. I enjoy it. But, um, you know, I love, I love to play the Christmas music and, and, and I'm probably that person that some of you might be annoyed by. That's just the reality of the situation. But one of the reasons that I love this time of year and I do get so excited is I actually just think it's one of our best evangelistic opportunities that we have all year long because Jesus is everywhere. And as the famous preacher Charles Spurgeon said in one of his Christmas sermons, he said, this is the season of the year when whether we wish it or not, we are compelled to think about the birth of Christ. And after dispelling any notion of a religious necessity of celebrating Christmas, which we, we might beg to differ there, uh, that me and him, but he went on to say, however, I wish there were 10 or a dozen Christmas days in the year as an opportunity to preach on the incarnation of Jesus. Think about it. When else, what other time of the year can you be in the middle of Target and hear glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled? Is that powerful? It's amazing. Where, what other time of the year can someone be in the bar ordering drinks and hear, remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power and we've gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. What about chains shall he break for the slave he is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease. In this time of year, I just say a little prayer over the airwaves because what if, what if in the middle of Target, somebody started actually thinking about Jesus? What if this was the year that they were at the end of their own rope and they were ready for something different? And so I love this season for that reason. I love to celebrate all the things that Jesus gave us. And Advent is a great opportunity to do that. If you have never participated in the tradition of Advent, it is four kind of typically four themes that you celebrate. And 
logistically, technically, on our liturgical calendar of the church, the church like around the world. The first Advent Sunday was last Sunday, but that's okay because we're not bound by rules or religion. It's the spirit of it, so we'll catch up. But there are, there are four themes that we usually talk about when we come to Advent, and those themes are hope, peace, joy, and love. And those are not just four gifts that are given to us to celebrate at Christmas time. I don't know about you, but I am looking around these days and it seems like we're a little short on hope. It seems like we might be a little short on peace and joy and love. And life is hard and we go through hard things. And I don't just need to think about, appreciate, celebrate these gifts. They are gifts. They are ours to have because Jesus came. And that's why we're celebrating. But I need to take these four gifts with me to shape 2023. I need to bring hope with me into 2023. I need to bring peace and joy and love. And the word Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means the coming or arrival. So we really celebrate two Advents during this time of year. The first Advent, we celebrate that Jesus was born, that he came to earth, and that changed everything. He became Emmanuel, God with us. And that's probably my favorite name of God. There are so many wonderful names, but I love to remember that God is with me. He didn't just come with us on, when he walked on earth, he's still with us today. And so we celebrate that. We also look toward the coming or arrival of the second coming of Christ. We think about it, we prepare our hearts, we long for it, we look to him. So we find ourselves here right now on earth, we live between two advents. We live between the here and not yet here. And it is a great time to just be able to focus and meditate and think about Jesus. And that's what I love about this tradition of Advent. And I hope that you will celebrate it with us this year. So today, I'm gonna light the candle of hope. I was so nervous for service, y'all. You, you just live fire is, you know, it's always a gamble. But we made it, we made it. I didn't knock it over, I didn't catch my hair on fire, the viral video nobody wanted. So I think we're safe for the second service. But this candle today, we are gonna talk about the word hope. And so I want to just look at the dictionary definition, because I I like words, I like to see, like what does this mean? And um, the dictionary definition of hope is this, to wish for a particular event that one considers possible, or the longing or desire for something accompanied by the belief in the possibility of its occurrence. And here's the thing, we all need hope. Hope really is essential for human survival because we look around us at a world full of pain and suffering, and there is a longing in us that we have to believe that we can see something better than this. We have to believe that there is a better tomorrow. And so I think in general, we all feel those longings or desires, and we all need it. We all wanna see the cure for cancer. We all wanna see poverty ended. We all wanna see uh, racism eradicated from the human heart. We all hope and long for those things. And 
On a lighter note, when I actually look at the dictionary definition, it kind of makes me think about kids at Christmas. And, you know, this is like their chance, right? This is, this is like, this is my time when like I can hope for maybe I'm going to get that thing that I want. And I love that about kids. It's so fun to participate in Christmas with children. And that is typically what we see in kids when they approach Christmas, except... I have a tale to tell you this morning, the story of a five-year-old Addison Pate, my oldest son, who is now in college. He's 19. This is Addison, like a five-year-old Addison. Oh my gosh, I miss him. Love you, son. Um, he, he was five years old in this picture, and we're standing in line waiting to see Santa Claus. And usually kids are like super excited, and they're like, I'm gonna I'm ready, like I'm ready for this. Or they're crying because they're scared, you know. But it's usually not in between. And, and he just kind of was standing there and he was just kind of, we're like, Addison, are, are you okay? And he's like, yeah. We're like, well, what, what are you going to ask for Santa for Christmas when you get to talk to him? And he just took this like long pause and he's like, a ball. Like a ball? Like, first of all, like, you've shown no interest in athletics, nor probably the ability uh, yet thus far. Uh, I mean, he's only five, guys. It's okay. It's okay. He's still to this day, though. It's fine. He's not here. He's at college. Um, and, and, but the thing is, we already talked to him, and he, he already told us what he wanted. And we were, we're into superheroes, and we were into it before the Marvel movies, so it was, like, not as popular back then when he was five. So the, finding the toys were a little more obscure, and especially DC, because we're DC people. Sorry, we're just Superman. We love DC. But um, he, was, he was really after some of the more obscure characters. He wanted, like, Martian Manhunter and, like, a couple of other things. So... We're like, why aren't you asking Santa for the things you told us that you wanted? And he was just so dejected and so like bleh about it. And he's just like, you know, I just don't even think he's going to know what that is or like how to find it. So he had just decided, he was like, somebody's going to ask for a ball. Yeah, no, it's fine, whatever. And <laughs> that's not the reaction I expected from a child that was excited about Christmas. But the thing is, kind of, we, we do this a little bit in the world. We, we walk through the world, and typically you find kind of two kinds of people. You find the people like Addison who have already decided, I'm going to preemptively prepare so I'm not disappointed. So I'm not going to get my hopes up in anything. And really, that's the person that's really actually getting their hopes up when they say, I'm not going to get my hopes up. They're usually the ones getting their hopes up. But in the process, they usually become kind of cynical and jaded people because they they just don't think it's going to come through. They don't think it's going to happen. Or you see the other extreme, and it's the people that throw all of their hope, all their expectation into this thing or this person or this circumstance, and then they're absolutely crushed when it doesn't work out. And, and we kind of have these two things, and here's the thing. I think it's because in all of us, there is a longing that we have, that we want to actually believe that something good can happen. But what's our guarantee in this world? When we look around, what is our guarantee and hope in humanity that we're going to come through? There just is not the guarantee that we know that we know things are going to work out. And for people without Jesus, Walking in this world, that is what it's like. 
It's kind of just a gamble. I'm gonna hope in this, maybe like something, something good will happen. The good news this morning is we are not those people. The people that know Jesus, we have a hope and it is the hope that doesn't disappoint. It is the hope that is the guarantee. We can take it to the bank and we have this hope not only for us, but to share with those people that do not have it. And if hope was just a wish, if it was just optimism or good thoughts and feelings, our instinct is right. We can't depend on it, we can't count on it. But again, as believers this morning, we're gonna look not at the dictionary definition of hope or not what the world would consider our hope for this or that. We're gonna look at a couple of things about biblical hope because that is our hope that we have today. And the first thing that I want to mention about biblical hope is that biblical hope is future confidence based on God's past promises, uh, his God's promises and past faithfulness. And notice, I didn't say anywhere in there about it being based on your current circumstance or any circumstance or anything about you except for God. Because biblical hope is a hope that says God is who he said he is, God's promises are true, and he's proven himself faithful. And then we see it all the time in the Bible, and there are some, some words that have been translated, some Hebrew words for hope in the Old Testament. One of those words is yahal, which means to wait for. So we wait for our hope. Another word is kava which comes from the Hebrew word kav, which means cord. And the picture of kava is like a cord that's being pulled and stretched tight. So there's tension there. So the actual translation is, it is a, it's a tense expectation looking for something. I think that's just a really cool picture. And we see this in Psalm all the time. There's several scriptures. I'm just gonna throw them up. I'm not gonna read them all for time's sake. But in these scriptures, we see what they're waiting. My hope is in you. I wait for you. My hope is in you. Who or what are they waiting for? They're waiting for God. They're waiting for their deliverer. And here's the thing. These scriptures that we read in the Old Testament these people did not have any reason to look around them and see any hope at all. Most of these scriptures were written in times of captivity, in exile, they were enslaved. Like this is not the picture we wanna see of God's people. And so for them to talk like this, there must be some kind of basis that they know is true to say, I still choose to have hope in the middle of this circumstance. The prophet Jeremiah, known as the, the weeping prophet, we see this in the book of Lamentations, which that's tell you everything right there, right? It's your fa I know it's your favorite book. I know, I know. You, you love to read it all the time. It, it's a tough read, honestly. In the first 20 verses of Lamentations chapter three, he is saying things like, I'm a man who's seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He talks about his flesh and skin wasting away, his bones broken, I've forgotten what happiness is, and all my endurance is gone. That's for 20 verses, y'all. And then in verse 21, we see this shift really quickly, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. 
The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. There must have been something about him that said, you know what? My grandfather, my father, told me how God delivered his people from Egypt, how he did miracles, signs, and wonders for them all the time. And I don't see it today, but I trust God's past faithfulness for my present and future hope about the circumstance that I'm in. And we see this all the time in the Old Testament prophets. People probably thought they were crazy when they're talking about this kind of hope because they're like, look around, bro. This is not a good scene. This is no reason to have hope. Yet, they called to mind and therefore they had hope because they looked at God's past faithfulness to give them future confidence and hope. And we see this in the New Testament too. The cool thing about the New Testament is that everything they were waiting for, everything they were longing for in the Old Testament was fulfilled in Jesus. And so now you see a shift in the talk about hope because it not only talks about God's past faithfulness and his promises, it talks about the assurance that we have because what Jesus has done. And it's the Greek word that we see, el peace, and it is a trust and a confidence that's put in an objective focus, a person, Jesus. And so we see hope talked about a little bit differently because the hope they were hoping for and longing for has already already come, yet also not fully come. And those are the kinds of things you hear the Apostle Paul talk about in his letters with great passion. I want to read this scripture that he shares in Romans. He's talking about creation. He says, not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. This hope, I want you to focus on that. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We don't like the word patience, but we wait for it with patience. And Paul is talking about this hope. It is not any other kind of hope, but this hope is the one that gives us assurance. This hope, when we see what Jesus has done and already given us, this is our hope. And we find it all through the New Testament as well as the Old Testament. And the picture I get of hope came from a study I did in the Word uh, several years ago, and I was reading about John the Baptist. And there's an interesting uh, version, the message version, talks about John the Baptist and he of himself says, I am thunder in the desert. When he's talking about, I've come to prepare the way for the Lord. I've come to make the path clear. I've come to talk and, and t say that Jesus, that hope is coming and he's here. And the phrase thunder in the desert just struck me. And I thought that is the visualization of hope that I get. Imagine a desert, imagine a dry and cracked land that has not had any rain for months. Everything is dying. It, it looks like it's not gonna make it. And all of a sudden, the clap of thunder. 
That is the signal and the sign that rain is coming. There's a guarantee that I hear thunder, which means there's gonna be a storm. And it's like the land just can breathe, like, ah, hope is coming. That's how I picture this biblical hope in our souls, like thunder in the desert, when we're dry, when we're weary, when we don't see it, we hear the thunder, and that is our hope. And that, that inspired a, a song lyric that I wrote in, a, in a, one of the songs that we sing, Awake, and the lyric is, but I hear a voice like thunder in the desert saying hope is on the way. And that's the picture I get. So all throughout Old and New Testament, we see that hope means waiting. Hope means we're anticipating something with tense expectation, like that string that's being pulled. And waiting is hard. We don't enjoy waiting. We are not a society that enjoys waiting, that is accustomed to waiting for anything. We do not like delays. But I have good news for you this morning as we talk about the second thing that biblical hope does in us. And here it is. Biblical hope produces something in us while we wait. That's good news to me today. Because let me tell you, when my hope is in a thing or something or circumstance or a person, you know what it produces in me? Anxiety, worry, fear. I wanna begin to control everything because I wanna control the outcome. When I'm looking to that thing and my hope is going in that direction, that's what's produced in me. But that is not what scripture says is produced in us as we wait for our hope, this hope. And here is the scripture where we get to see how hope is produced in us. In Romans, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also attained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Can we, can we stop there? Can we not keep going? Because that's, I enjoy that part of the verse. That's the great part about the verse. We love to boast in the hope of the glory of God and all the things that we've received in him. And not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character. I love that it says proven character. And proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And you might be kind of internally eye-rolling me right now because you're like, yeah, great, that's, that's great. I've been disappointed a lot in my life. So I don't know about that that says we're not disappointed. And I'm, I'm right there with you. There have been a lot of times that I have been disappointed in my life. There have been circumstances that didn't work out the way I wanted to. We've prayed for people with cancer, believing them to be healed, and they weren't healed. We live in the here 
and the not yet here. And some of it is just hard and painful. But that's not this hope. This hope will not disappoint us because this hope is a person. This hope is Jesus. And all of those things, even the things that are good, even the things that are painful and hard to go through that we believe God was a part of, this hope is the one because even in our suffering, it says God is building something in us through our suffering. And maybe the process of the suffering and the affliction producing endurance and endurance producing character, character producing hope, maybe that process is just as important or maybe more important than that thing that you're hoping for. Maybe what God is building in you is so that you can handle and sustain what God is trying to give you. Because when character is not built up, when we don't go, when we circumvent the process and we don't give God our suffering and let him use it as an opportunity to build something in us, our character might not be able to support what we're wanting and what we're hoping for. And we may not be able to handle it. We may not make it. And so there is a process. And again, it's, I don't wanna diminish the pain of it. I don't wanna diminish how hard it is to live in the here and not yet here. Because there is real pain, there is real suffering. But we have a choice to let God use our suffering to build in us this hope, this hope that does not disappoint. And we can't talk about this without talking about a scripture probably everyone is familiar with, and it's Proverbs. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And here's what's really cool about this scripture. In the translation, when you translate these words, it actually gives us the picture of an arrow being drawn back into a bow, all right? I don't... I don't know if this is it. I, I'm, not, I'm not an archer, but you get the picture, right? You can see I'm, I'm drawing back the bow. And it's this idea of hope being drawn out or stretched out. That does not sound pleasant. Hope being delayed in our life. But in that stretching, God is in it. There's tension, but God is building something in us. And sometimes in that waiting, sometimes when the arrow's being pulled back into the bow, the delay is to show us that our hope has gotten off target into something else. And God's giving us the opportunity to put it back into him, to go back to the target, which is him. And sometimes in that being stretched and pulled, God reveals that we have an opportunity to place our hope into this hope that does not disappoint us. And there was something in our, our life that God really showed us this idea of, of hope and and looking and expectation. And a lot of you are, are new in here and you don't uh, know our family, but our youngest son, Jackson, who's 11 years old now, 
uh, is on the autism spectrum. And when he was really young, he was about three years old uh, when, when he was diagnosed. And when he was really young and we were first learning about everything, it was, it was challenging. It was, it was difficult. Um, we trusted the Lord in it. Um, it was never an issue of like, God, why? Why did you make him this way? Like, I, I trust the Lord just made him the way that he made him and, and God knows. But I was overcome with worry and anxiety. It was a new world for us. We had two kids already. We thought, yeah, the third one, we got this. Like we've done this twice before. It's not that big of a deal, but this was a whole different world for us. This was an education, a learning. This was an opportunity. And, and honestly, I was just anxious and worried that we weren't gonna do the right thing. We just wanted to help him. We wanted to make sure he got what he needed. We wanted to do right by him. And I became so concerned and so overwhelmed with that anxiety that I found myself not enjoying my son because I was just worried all the time. And the Lord graciously allowed us to say, this is an opportunity. You can keep the handbook out and keep checking everything and how it's supposed to be and make sure that this is this, or you can trust that he's on my timeline. And in that moment, I just, had to, I just had to put the book down. I just had to choose to live trusting that God is the one that has him. God is the one that is growing him and, and it's not going to look like everyone else and it may not look like what we thought it was going to look like, but when I gave that up, I enjoyed, I was able to enjoy the gift of my son. I was able to let his joy infect us. If you know Jackson, you love him. He is just joy incarnate. He is so much fun. And I was missing it because I was looking to other things. And I don't want you to miss what God is doing through your suffering because you're looking and you're consumed by something else. Some of you today, this might be a word for somebody. Some of you might need to just throw away the playbook that you've made either for your own life or the one you borrowed from someone else that my life is supposed to look like this. I should be here by now. This should be happening for me by now. And, and you have been so consumed by what that's supposed to look like that you're missing what God is doing today in you right now, building in you this hope that will not disappoint. But if your eyes are fixed on those things, if your eyes are fixed on the playbook, you're gonna miss him. I don't wanna miss him. I don't want to miss what God is doing in me today to produce the kind of hope that will never be shaken. That is what this hope is all about. And they missed him all the time in scripture because they were always looking for something else. They, they weren't looking for a baby in a, in a stall. They, they weren't looking for a humble king that rode in on a donkey. They were looking for a mighty king warrior with a sword to come in. And because they were looking and expecting that, 
they missed him. Let's not, in this season where we're thinking about hope, where we're thinking about what Jesus has done, let's not miss him in the today moments. Let's not miss as you're being drawn back, as the, as the bow is being drawn back, as you're being stretched, as your hope is being delayed, and you're going, I don't see it. I don't see it. Don't miss what's happening today in that stretching to get you ready for what is coming. That is our hope. And it lies both in a manger and a cross. We look to this light of hope today and we rejoice and we celebrate that for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We celebrate that he came because it changed everything. And this hope is real for you today. And if you are doubting, if you haven't seen it, if your hope has been in other things, don't leave here today without getting this hope that doesn't disappoint. Do we trust him enough if we don't see it? Do we trust his timeline and not ours? Can we trust that our good father knows what he's doing with us? And if something is delayed, that there is a reason. It's a choice today to throw out our, our guide, throw out our playbook, because he is the author of our lives. It's him. And just as we celebrate his coming on earth, we also take this moment to uh, enter into communion, time of communion, and we're gonna have the worship team come and spend a couple minutes in worship. But again, it's the manger and the cross. And as we partake in these elements, we remember what Jesus has done. We remember that because he came and lived the life that we should have lived and died the death that we should have died, we have things like hope, peace, joy, love. We have the security that we are his forever. And if you are living in the here and not yet here, and you're waiting for something, and maybe you're, you're never gonna see it this side of heaven because that's just the reality. Sometimes in the here and not yet here, we hope and long for things that we, we may not ever see on this earth, but that's not where the hope ends. That's where the hope begins because we have him. We will be with him forever and he will come and make the world right. For every wrong that you see that has not been made right, he will make it right. He is coming back and he will restore everything that's broken. He will restore everything that's hurt. He will reconcile those relationships that you're hoping will be reconciled. And it may be today, it may be next month, it may be in five years, and it may be on the other side of eternity. 
but he will do it. And he is this hope. And this hope does not disappoint.